Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. All right, let's go to the brand of moving and storage hotline. We're talking prop bets. We're talking Super Bowl. We're talking Brian Edwards and Vegas Insider. Brian, welcome back. How are you? What's up, fellas? It's great to see Bud walking, rocking and rolling the other night like uh, it was on a nightly basis back in the 90s. Did you like the Hogs catching some points? Did you like them on the money line? What were you thinking there? Yeah, I had them winning outright, um, I, I, but I did just do plus two because the money line is only like plus 110. Okay. Brian, what do you think um, Bud Walton is worth when, you, when you're betting on the Razorbacks at home? Uh, when they're, you know, when they're rolling, I mean, y'all, you know, I've said forever that, you know, Arkansas should, you know, always be the second best basketball program in the SEC behind only Kentucky. I mean, I grew up going to the SEC tournament, and when y'all came into the SEC in 92, you know, my whole life was, was a father-son trip, and uh, it would always be 80% Kentucky fans and just maybe like, you know, 5% of every other school or, or every other school that had a good year. But when y'all came into the SEC, y'all brought as many fans as Kentucky had. It was just wild to see having gone to those tournaments my whole life. It had always been Kentucky. And y'all were calling the Hogs like the first day before y'all played. And my dad, with that, I couldn't figure out what in the heck the noise was. We all started doing it the next day and Arkansas players would come out because they were playing in the next game. And yeah, it was pretty it's pretty sweet. So, yeah, I give Arkansas as good a home court advantage as there is when it's, you know, rolling like it is right now. Well, it, it seems like it, it seems like a large fan base, Brian, because we have extended families in Arkansas uh, due to the fact that we don't all marry our sisters like they do in Kentucky. <laughs> Let me ask you about this weekend. We worry about the mental advantage. I'm just kidding. I love you, Kentucky fans. We worry about the mental advantage for Arkansas. There is inevitably a letdown as a, a wagering expert. How much do you factor that in, knowing you got a pretty desperate Alabama team right now, although they are really poor defensively when you look at their numbers, uh, against an Arkansas team that's coming off one of its highest highs in some time? Yeah, I mean, I uh, we don't know the line yet, obviously, but being a vintage letdown scenario and the way that Alabama has really played to their competition all year, you know, losing games to Iona at Georgia at Missouri – but they've got as many quality wins as anybody uh, in the country. I mean, three against top five, uh, at least top five in Ken Palm uh, teams when you talk uh, Houston, uh, Baylor, and Kentucky. And um, so I'm thinking Alabama's going to be around minus five. If they were four or fewer, I would definitely lean Bama. Um, and I think the, the letdown scenario probably has to – play uh, you know about two points uh, uh, into the line in my opinion yeah i think this is a uh, typical just your, your prime example of a trap game and i even told devo that the other day on the show i i don't think they get up for this game i don't think that uh, they're able to uh, uh rally and be ready for a trip to alabama because it, and it's going to be loud there it's going to be packed uh they're desperate to look they win they get to six and six it's another quality win and that's Arkansas now has that little bullseye on their chest because they beat Auburn. And so this is a quality win if you beat uh, Arkansas. So I think Alabama's up for this, and uh, I fully expect the Crimson Tide to win this game. And, and I hope. I hope they prove me wrong and, and Arkansas gets a big win on the road because it would be huge. You go in and beat a uh, top 20 NET ranking or top 25 NET ranking Alabama team, that's just going to help Arkansas immensely. Oh, if Arkansas wins tomorrow, they start – 
to look like, you know, they're going to be a top four seed. And, you know, look, with the way the SEC is so strong this year, you know, you still got plenty of wins you can rack up, quality wins. I mean, it's not even, you know, Arkansas could get as high as two or three if they, uh, you know, run the table. And it, my bad, I, was, I meant to say Gonzaga instead of Kentucky that uh, Alabama was the third top five team they beat this year. Gotcha. Talking to Brian uh, Edwards from VegasInsider.com. By the way, side note, Wes, you're the only person I know who says, uh, what you say, target on their chest? Yeah. As opposed to, or bullseye on their chest, you said, as opposed to target on their back. It's kind of interesting. Wes likes to be shot in the face. He doesn't want to get hit in the back. He wants to see it coming. That's the way he rolls. Uh, okay, so let's talk some props here for the Super Bowl, Brian. And let me start with the, the one that we're a little bit, I don't want to call it contentious, but I guess we're a little surprised by your take on this, that you're not as eager about it. We all think there will be a number of sacks. I guess maybe we're still locked in watching Joe Burrow get sacked nine times by the Titans and assuming the Rams could do something in the ballpark. The total for the game is five and a half. Why don't you love the over on sacks for the game? Uh, I just, you know, I've, I've found some other props that I like, and I don't like to play like ten of them, and I've got like five or six that I like. Uh, I, I, Like I said, uh, I, I lean over on that. Obviously, you know, Cincinnati was sacked nine times uh, here in one game, but I think they only got sacked once in the KC game, if I'm not mistaken. I really haven't dug into the, all the stats. I'm not sure how many sacks Cincinnati gets the game. I know Hendrickson had like, I think, 14 and a half in the regular season, so they get pressure as well. I definitely lean the over on that one. Okay. What do you love? I love Evan McPherson over one and a half field goals made and over seven and a half points. So in all three playoff games, he is four of four on field goals. And in nine of the last ten Bengals games, he's made at least two field goals and he's had at least nine points. So over one and a half field goals made and over seven and a half. I'm also going with Cooper Cup over 107 and a half uh, receiving yards, and I'm going with Odell Beckham uh, plus 900 or nine to one to score the first touchdown in the game. They've, they've done a really good job of getting him involved early, which you need to do with these diva wide receivers. Get them happy, you know, get the touches early, and I think uh, there'll be a good chance that Odell could get a, a, a end zone target early. Okay, a couple of unique ones I was curious about too. Um, players to complete a pass is at two and a half. All you got to do is get one trick play, a special teams fake, a backup quarterback enters the game because some quarterback gets knocked out. What do you think about that one? I don't know that I've ever seen that before as a prop bet, but if I was going to lean, I'd definitely go over. And, and what was it again, Justin? That, what was players to complete a pass is at two and a half. Oh, who to complete a pass? Play Any player. Any player to complete a pass. Oh, any player. Two and a half Burrow players. Or, or Stafford. Well, basically, yeah, it'd be it'd be a third player completing a pass would be the over, or just those two completing a pass would be the under. Oh, okay, I got you. Um, I would think under is the, are the odds uh, real big either way. Well, the over was plus two fifty two. I just think you know, again, there's a lot of scenarios where I could see somebody else completing a pass, double pass, trick play, sure. you know, uh, fake on a like punter, Trey you know, f- and the Eagles, yeah, the Eagles Patriots. I mean, I can yep. see it happening. Yeah, I wouldn't want to say – I would say under, but I wouldn't lay a minus 300 or so price. Um, you know, I'm never against uh, going for the ones that play pay nice plus odds, so uh, I'm not a, I'm not against you having that one. And then what about Burrow rushing? We, we debated that a little bit yesterday as well. We saw him pull it down, and he's probably underrated a little bit. He doesn't run a lot, but he's relatively effective. He's not a complete stiff. I think he's at 11.5 yeah, or 12.5. 
Yeah, he had those two nice scrambles at crunch time against KC. I, I like it over 11.5 rushing yards and over 2.5 rushing attempts. Now, I don't like it as much after I went back and looked at all his game-by-game rushing stats. If you look at that, it might scare you off. But I think strategically, he, he's so good with his awareness. And I think the Rams' D-line, although I like the Bengals in the game, I, I think they're going to take advantage of Cincy's mediocre O-line. But I think Burrow's awareness, it's sensing that pressure. I think he'll take off at least three times. Now, obviously, he's got to gain at least one yard for it to be considered a rushing attempt. But uh, I, I have small plays on over 11.5 rushing yards and over 2.5 rushing attempts for Burrow. Yeah, I was what surprised. I, Burrow only had a negative two yards rushing against the Raiders, five against the Titan, Titans when he got sacked all those times. So you know he was running around for his life. It was just this last game. He had 25 yards rushing. Uh I don't know. I was just—I was very surprised. I thought easily he would be uh, in the playoffs over twelve and a half yards a game. Yeah, no, I'm right there with you, Wes. I was surprised when I went and looked at his game by game numbers, and they were, you know, minuscule stats <laughs> rushing because he—he is very mobile. I, like you showed in those two critical third and long runs against KC, he can take off and get you ten or fifteen yards, uh, you know, at any time if he needs to. We know about sacks. What about taking a knee? Does that count against your rushing total, and does it count as an official rush? No, not for quarterbacks. Quarterbacks, uh, it only is considered a rushing attempt if he gains one yard. I, I even think if he sits right okay. in the line of scrimmage, I think it might even count toward a sack if he is zero yards, but it's not a rushing attempt unless he gains one. So if he takes a knee a couple of times at the end of the game, those rushing yards don't count against him if you're right on the line there, and they also don't count as attempts. I'm 98% sure that they don't count. Yeah, I think they just call that like a team uh, a team rush or a team okay. rush, you know, for minus two. Gotcha. I'm, I'm pretty sure. Now, now running backs is different. Quarterbacks is, is like that. Running backs, it would, you could lose, lose yardage for a running back and, and lose a prop over under if he has a negative uh, or a tackle for a loss. That's why it makes sense on Mahomes, the legendary bad beat. Mahomes was running around to take a knee, trying to work the clock, and so those were negative yards on his rushing attempts. If he had just taken a knee, then maybe he doesn't get those negative yards. That I, I believe that's correct, yeah, I think so. When you look at uh, the number of uh, catches for or, – or, I'm sorry, the receivers – and over, under, on receiving yards, is there one that sticks out for you? Well, like I said, on the Cooper Cup, over 107.5. Now, uh, DeMar Chase, what is it, like 82? You know, I would normally think over there, but I think Jalen Ramsey, and they're going to be giving him a lot of attention, just like Kansas City did, and he's got other options. And, you know, T. Higgins has a big game against KC. He's got Tyler Boyd. Sounds like the tight end's going to be back. He likes to throw it to Mixon and P. Ryan. Uh, out of the backfield. So, you know, Burrow's really good at, you know, taking what the defense gives him. And I think the Rams are going to try to take away Chase as much as they can. Uh, he's so good that they might not be able to take him away. But I think they'll make every attempt to scheme wise to take Jamar Chase uh, away or at least minimize what he normally does. When you see the uh, public going uh, Bengals and under, that surprised me a little bit. Is, does that affect you at all, what you're seeing the trend? You know, I, I don't like when, you know, everybody and their sister seems to be on the same play as me. But once I feel like I, you know, like a play and I, I go ahead and bet it, which I did the uh, Sunday night after the championship games two weeks ago, um, 
yeah, I don't really worry about it at, at that point because I feel like I got the good line. And, um, yeah, so I, I like the Bengals. That's like my big play. They've been an underdog 11 times or seven in, or I'm sorry, eight and three against the spread with seven outright wins. They've covered in seven games in a row, won six of those outright. The only outright seat was that regular season finale when Burrow and Nixon and Chase and all those guys rested. And I just trust Joe Burrow more than I trust. Matt Stafford, I like Stafford, not a knock against him. I just think we got the better quarterback with Burrow, who's hot in the last eight games, 15-2, to PDI&T ratio. This guy's special. I don't think he'll, this will be a, a moment that's too big for him. I mean, we've all seen him you know, at LSU, uh, just how spectacular he played in all the big games that last season of 2019. And he was playing well last year before he wrecked his knee. And, you know, and to come back from such a catastrophic injury and be so good in year two, it's been extremely impressive, but not surprising to me. Brian Edwards with us, Vegas Insider. Before we let you go, you, are you hearing anything about Bryce Mitchell? Uh, I know his fight's coming up uh, first Saturday in March. Yeah, I, like I said uh, to you when we were talking the other day, Wes, um, the odds should be out any day now. I reached out to Nick Kalikas, who is the head of uh, – he's the risk supervisor at, at Circus Sports. And I said, you know, Nick, have you given much thought to the odds? I'm thinking Bryce will be a short favorite around minus 150. And he replied, he goes, I think minus 150 is a very fair number. And I think when it comes out, it'll be very close to that. So I would think Bryce will be in the minus 140 to minus 170 range. You know, a short, you know, anything less than minus 200 is considered kind of a, a short favorite. And, you know, Barbosa is a beast, but he's 36 now. Uh, he went 13-4 and four in the lightweight division. He moved down uh, to 145 to featherweight a couple of years ago. He's 2-2 two and two in featherweight, but really to me, he's 3-1. and one. He got robbed on a decision against Dan Ige in Jacksonville. 16 of 18 media members scored it for Barboza, but uh, two, two dumb judges uh, gave it to Ige. So to, to me, he should be 3-1 and one at featherweight, but he is off a knockout loss. And I think Bryce will win. Now, it'll be a striker grappler. Uh, Bryce will have the major advantage on the ground. Barbosa will have a big advantage on the feet. But I think Bryce keeps most of the fight on the ground. All right, thank you so much. Brian Edwards, VegasInsider.com. We'll catch up to you soon, buddy. Thank you. Thanks, gentlemen. Y'all have a great weekend. All right, take care.